does 72 months, that's six years, no interest financing? Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, that's who. Just order by May 31st. Set your free consultation today at PellaWI.com slash radio or 855-PELLA-WI. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. I guess I think that businesses, schools, stores, and event spaces... Yes, I think if you're an owner or a participant or you run one of those and you live in the city of Milwaukee, I guess I think you are a lot smarter than apparently the mayor of the city of Milwaukee thinks you are. Now, as we have discussed repeatedly over the course of the last couple days, late last week, the Center for Disease Control, the Follow the Science people, came out and they announced that if people are in fact vaccinated, there is no reason as a general rule why you need to wear masks either inside or outside. This this is the follow the science stuff. And, and candidly, I think the CDC has been late to this game as somebody who has been vaccinated and encourages people to get vaccinated. I, I think that that that's great. The, you look at the numbers and while it is true that there are there are a handful relatively of what they call breakthrough cases, that is, people who have been vaccinated, who, who get covid again, it is very, very rare. And the idea that you could get COVID again and be asymptomatic, in other words, get it, not know you have it, that is that is extremely rare. That's like, let's ride the unicorn to the county fair. There are no reported cases of somebody who has been um, vaccinated, having a breakthrough infection, and then infecting someone else who has been vaccinated. And I'm not saying it's not possible that out of, you know, millions and millions and millions of people who have been vaccinated, it could not have happened. I'm just saying there's no reported cases of it. Bottom line is that vaccinations work. And for people who have been vaccinated, the truth is you can't get COVID. It is very unlikely that you're going to get COVID. And it is very, very, very unlikely that you are going to spread COVID. So if we're following the science to tell you that you have to continue to wear a mask, well, there's no scientific basis for that, which is why the overwhelming majority of communities that had that still had mask mandates in place have now dropped them. Because they recognize that there, there's no reason. I mean, the People's Republic of Shorewood, for goodness sake, they, they dropped their mask mandate the other day. Whitefish Bay dropped theirs. Businesses, including some of the first businesses to impose mask mandates, they, they immediately dropped theirs. The big box retailers, the Costco's, the Walmart's, the Kohl's of the world, they all said, look, you, you don't need to wear a mask in our store unless the local community requires it, but we're not going to require it anymore. And that is the overriding trend. Last night, after I got off the air, I, I went I went to my chiropractor. People were not wearing masks. Now you could wear a mask if you want. I feel comfortable doing that. I, I feel comfortable not being not wearing a mask because like I say, I've been vaccinated. I have the antibodies. So nobody in my chiropractor's office. After I got done with that, we, we went to a, a funeral. Um, a friend of mine, a dear friend of my wife's passed away and we, we went to the visitation and then there was a little bit there was a, a, a service, a memorial service afterwards. We went there, nobody 
Nobody in the, the funeral home w- was wearing masks. Everybody felt comfortable being inside. And, and what the, the funeral director said is, as you were going in, he said, look, if, if, if you want to wear a mask, that's fine, but we are not requiring this if you've been vaccinated. And I assume, I, I mean, I guess I, I don't know for sure that everybody had been vaccinated, but I think it's probably a pretty good bet. After that, we went out, had something to eat, went into the restaurant, nobody wearing masks, walking in, walking out of the restaurant. And you know what? I, I felt perfectly safe doing that. But here's the operative thing. The chiropractor's office, the funeral home, and the restaurant, and none of these were in a place where there was a, a government-imposed mask mandate. They had no problem pivoting. They had no problem looking at what the CDC rules were and then making the decision as to what they wanted to do. All right, which brings us to the city of Milwaukee and the city of Madison, which have announced that they, too, will be dropping their mask mandates. But they're not going to do it, in the case of the city of Milwaukee, until June 1st. Today is what? Today is May 19th. So they're going to keep it in place for another 10, 11, 12 days. Uh, Madison is going to keep it in place until June 2nd. And, and here's the explanation the, the mayor gives. The mayor says that the order is going to be continued for the next you know, couple weeks, essentially, um, and not dropped immediately, was so that, quote, local businesses, schools, stores, and event spaces would have some time to work out their own masking requirements. Let me read that again, that the reason that they're not going to drop it for two weeks is that local businesses, schools, stores, and event spaces would have some time to work out their own masking requirements. These businesses, these establishments, they know their client base, their customer base, their user base better than anyone, Barrett said. And we all know that the CDC's announcement was very much a surprise announcement. All right, how stupid does Mayor Barrett seem to have, must think that people in Milwaukee are, that these businesses need two and a half weeks or two weeks to figure out what their mask requirement is going to be? Because I tell you, whether it's the, my chiropractor, this restaurant that we went into, or the funeral home that I went into yesterday, they had no trouble making a decision right away as to what they were going to do with regard to the mask requirement. Is there any valid reason in God's green earth why Milwaukee will continue to have its mask requirement in place for the next, again, 10 days or so. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I mean, if it's good enough for these other communities, why isn't it good enough for the city of Milwaukee or, or, or Madison? The CDC says, the science says, you don't need to wear masks. Why don't we just drop this, do what many communities are? And again, if local businesses... If local businesses want to keep the mask rule, that that's fine. But do they really need 10 or 11 or 12 days to decide what they're going to do? I mean, it didn't take Target that long, didn't take Costco that long, didn't take Kohl's that long, didn't take most businesses outside of Milwaukee any time at all to know what they wanted to do. 855-616-1620, we discuss. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Jeff, this is a power trip. They're trying to keep people in masks until after Memorial Day, which, of course, raises the question of of why. If the science says that you don't need to do it, why would you do it? And the mayor's saying, well, businesses in Milwaukee need 
essentially, you know, another 10, 11, 12 days to figure out what their policies are. I mean, I, if, if, if you believe that, my, my answer is again, be sure to tuck your shoulder when you turn off the, fall off the turnip truck so you don't hurt yourself. The, I mean, businesses all around southeastern Wisconsin, businesses all around Wisconsin, businesses all around this country are, are reacting to the new CDC rules. They, they don't need two weeks to think about what are we going to do. And, and you've seen it. I mean, Walmart, Costco, Kohl's, my guess is pretty much every restaurant, doctor's offices, et cetera, et cetera, they're, they're just adapting to this different rules. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. Why do these politicians who've never owned a business and never worked in the private sector attempt to tell others how to run their business? Because, well, that's what they, that's what they do. Um, Jeff, after Thursday, the company I went, I uh, worked for went to no more masks. Well, that, that's, and the company had no trouble in figuring out what its policy was going to be because, I don't know, that, that's follow the science, isn't that? Um, Jeff, a thought in the city of Milwaukee, less than half of the adults have been vaccinated, not a majority. So what's wrong with them holding out a few more weeks so more people can be vaccinated in the interim? Okay, here, here's the deal. The problem with that is by making people who have been vaccinated wear masks, you're, you're not accomplishing anything. Because as we said earlier, once you've been vaccinated, for all intents and purposes, you are very, very, very unlikely to get it, and it is extremely unlikely that you will be able to pass it on, and it's almost impossible statistically that you're going to pass it on in an asymptomatic fashion to somebody who's also been vaccinated. So what? why bother? I mean, that that's the bottom line. That's like saying, well, um, here, what we're going to do is we're going to make everybody walk around in hazmat suits because, well, then then you can be protected in that regard. Um, I had a uh, note. One of my texters said, well, look, th- this is, you know, this is it's the city of Milwaukee. And so, you know, what we need to do is we need to um, just dial this back. And, you know, what's wrong? I'm, I'm texter said, I'm going to wear my mask for the next year or two. To which my response was, well, that's fine. I don't care if you want to wear your mask. You can wear two masks. You can wear goggles. You can go out with a hazmat suit on. If that makes you feel comfortable, that's fine. Go do it. But there's no reason for people who've been vaccinated to have to do it if the goal is to stop the spread of COVID. That's that's what the point is. If you believe that, hey, wandering around with one or two masks and gloves and all these things for the rest of my life keeps me healthy and makes me less likely to get the flu or less likely to get a cold, I'm okay with that. I'm not saying you can't do it, but I'm just saying that the justification for the government telling you what you have to do has gone completely and totally, again, has gone completely and totally, you know, through the, fallen through the the ceiling. Um, And the idea that businesses don't know what they're going to do and how they're going to react, I just don't buy it. I mean, I, I just don't buy it. Jeff, I went to Walmart in West Bend, no mask. Then I went down the road to my dentist, had to get a temperature check and wear a mask in. Confusion abounds, apparently. Well, I think there is some degree of confusion, especially when you're talking about, like, I think, healthcare providers like dentists and things like that, where you're going to be in some degree of close contact. And again, if the local businesses want to have a rule, if your dentist wants to have that rule, if your veterinarian wants to have that rule, that's their right. And then your, your choice is either don't go, don't patronize that particular place, or follow the rules. 
but that's the bottom line of all this. Um, Jeff, agree that we as fully vaccinated don't need to wear a mask anymore, but what about the other 55%? Well, they should get vaccinated. There's no question about it. That's what I believe. But also, then there is a degree of assumption of risk. If you have an opportunity to be vaccinated and you choose not to do that, you are assuming the risk that you might get sick if you run into somebody else who is, in fact, sick. That's the incentive Go get yourself vaccinated and give yourself that extra area of protection. But to say to people who have already been vaccinated, who, like I say, are very, very unlikely to get it. There are some breakthrough cases and extremely unlikely to give it to anybody. For them to say you've got to wear a mask makes no sense at all. And that's what the CDC finally recognized in doing that. Um, Let's see. Jeff, it took months for stores to plan for procedures for reopening. This change affected everybody from leadership to employees to cleaning crew customers. The virus has not disappeared. Let stores and businesses take their time to figure out the new protocols. (sighs) Heavy sigh. All right. First of all, it, it, it did not take... Most retailers, Starbucks, Kohl's, Walmart, Costco, they didn't need two weeks to sit and gaze at their navels and figure out what the protocols were going to be. And by the way, if they decide that they want to continue to keep masks as a requirement, they can do it. Nobody's saying that they can't. But the mayor is not giving these businesses the option to do it. Look, I understand that there's some people out there who are incredibly fearful and and don't feel comfortable going out in public again. And even if you've been vaccinated, you're, you're not going to want to get around crowds. OK, that, that's fine. Then don't go out in public and, and don't get around crowds. That's your right to do that. But we've been told for a year that we're supposed to follow the science. And that's why people have been having masks on. And that's why we've had these mask rules. Well, the the science now says for people who are vaccinated, you don't need to wear them anymore. That's the bottom line. So why are we now turning our back on science? I mean, that's the bottom line of this. Why are we turning our back on science? And again, this isn't one where in his justification, the mayor, for example, was saying, well, you know, we're concerned. Some people are saying, well, this will give us a chance to get more to more 12 to 15 year olds vaccinated. That's not what the mayor's saying. Mayor's saying, I need to buy time for businesses to decide what their policies are. Well, I, I, I don't know. I know several non-retail type of businesses who in the last couple of days, just like one of our texters said, in the last couple of days, they came out and they, they immediately said, okay, this is we're following the CDC guidance. If you've been vaccinated, you no longer have to wear a mask inside in the building. Why don't we trust businesses to make that decision? And I think part of it is, again, we, we just have this obsessive need for, for control. You've got the public health officials out there who have used the pandemic as an opportunity, again, not caring what happens to business, not caring whether they inconvenience people, but who've seized on this as an opportunity to say, okay, we're going to have these controls that are in place. And by the way, we're also going to generate a ton of money by going out and finding establishments who have over the last seven or eight months violated the mask rules. Okay, that, that's fine. But now there's no more reason to have a mask rule in place. Why do we need to take two weeks to do it? Are businesses in Milwaukee inherently dumber than in Shorewood or in Whitefish Bay or all throughout the rest of southeastern Wisconsin that they can't figure out what they want to do? My answer would be no. Let's follow the science and let's do it right away. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 
There are heroes among us who run towards danger rather than away from it. We call them first responders. Tune in all this week as we recognize these heroes during Salute to Service Month. Every morning at 1035, five special nominees will share their heroic stories during the Steve Scafidi Show. Waterstone Bank's Salute to Service is sponsored by IndyCar Rev Group Grand Prix at Road America and Heiser Automotive. Now, I, I'm, I'm getting texts from a handful of people who are, look, don't, don't you understand? We, we, we have to keep wearing masks. I mean, this is, we, we, we just have to keep wearing masks because there's people who are going to lie about being vaccinated and, and this, this is it. And it, don't you realize that we, we have to continue to be safe? To which my point is, again, you, as far as I'm concerned, if you want to wear a mask for the rest of your life, wear a mask for the rest of your life. That, that's okay. If you have a business and you want to have a mask rule in place for your business, you have every right to do it. Nobody's saying that you don't have the right to do it. If you think that's what's really necessary to protect your, your customers and your employees, I, that, that's fine. You, you get to do it. But the science... The science that you have been defending and arguing in favor of and saying this is why we need the mask rules, the science now says we don't if you are, in fact, vaccinated. So why now do you refuse to follow the science? Because it suggests that if you've been vaccinated, you, you don't need the masks anymore. You cannot have it both ways. And by the way, I am open to the notion that, all right, maybe, just maybe, I don't believe it's going to happen, but maybe you'll see this huge spike now that we've reduced the mask rules. Maybe you'll see a huge spike in the number of COVID cases, and maybe that spike will justify looking at reinstating other rules. Don't think it's going to happen, but maybe that's what the science will dictate. But right now, the science says you don't need to wear masks. And no, I don't believe the idea that businesses in Milwaukee, they need time to decide what they're going to do with the mask rules when businesses all over the rest of the state were able to decide right away. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I had a friend, one of my classmates in, I, I, we, we met in grade school. I think it was probably like like sixth grade. And his name was Dan. Dan was gifted. Now, I understand by saying that word, it becomes controversial, but I'll explain why that's controversial in a minute. But Dan was extremely gifted in mathematics. I, I can remember we, we were in the same math classes in like sixth and seventh and eighth grade and, and then moving on in the beginning in high school. And he was just absolutely brilliant. Back when I was in middle school, uh, a lot of the math was kind of self-taught. You, you'd have these books and you sort of work at your own pace. That was kind of the thinking that they had. And, and everybody tried to keep up with Dan and, and they just couldn't because he was absolutely brilliant. And in the beginning, it was like, okay, we want to compete with Dan. And then he realized, hey, he, he's just in a different league. I mean, this is, you know, if, if it's Major League Baseball, if this is baseball, you know, we're the junior varsity, you know, and, and he's he's playing for the Brewers. It, it, that was the kind of guy he was. He went on to become a doctor. And for a while, I've, I've sort of lost touch with him, but for a while, I know he was working for the, the CDC, which has become controversial, but he was working for the CDC, and I, I was just very, very impressed, incredibly successful, and not a surprise, because he had this incredible aptitude. He, he knew math like, like most people did. He was gifted. Well... Now, math has apparently become controversial. There's a piece that appears in the Wall Street Journal today, and I have a link to it. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620. But here's the headline, and it, it talks about maybe the future of math. California leftists try to cancel 
math class. The proposed curriculum framework aims low, abandons the gifted, and preaches social justice. Let me share a portion of the story. If California education officials have their way, generations of students may not know how to calculate an apartment square footage or the area of a farm field, but the mathematics of political agitation and organizing will be second nature to them. Encouraging those gifted in math to shine will be a different, uh, will be a distant memory. This will be the result. If a proposed mathematics curriculum framework, which would guide K through 12 instruction in California's public schools, is approved by the California Instructional Quality Commission in meetings this week and in August, the framework recommends eight times that teachers use a troubling document called a pathway to equitable math instruction, dismantling racism in mathematics instruction. A pathway to equitable math instruction, dismantling racism in mathematics instruction. The manual claims that teachers addressing students' mistakes forthrightly is a form of white supremacy. The manual claims that teachers addressing students' mistakes forthrightly is a form of white supremacy. All right, three times four does not equal 12, does not equal 11, it equals 12. All right. That, that's now a form of white supremacy. It sets forth, the article continues, indicators of white supremacy culture in the mathematics classroom, including a focus on, quote, getting the right answer. <laughs> so getting the right answer is perceived as an example of white supremacy. I mean, look, I understand that there are things. I always say this about the law. The, the law is an art. It is not a science. It's why really, really smart lawyers come to different conclusions even when presented with the same set of facts. It's an art. It's not a science. But math is a science. Three times four equals 12. And there's it, it's, it doesn't change. And isn't getting the right answer important? It continues, teaching math in a linear fashion, requiring students to show their work and grading them on demonstrated knowledge of the subject matter. The concept of mathematics being purely objective is unequivocally, the concept of mathematics being purely objective is unequivocally false. The manual explains, upholding the ideas that there are always right and wrong answers perpetuates objectivity. You know, and then it goes on and it talks about how, you know, what they need to do is they, they need to, um, the, the framework explicitly rejects ideas of natural gifts and talent. That some are gifted in math implies that some others aren't. And this is inequitable. Let, let me stop there. I know a guy. I went to school with a guy who was unquestionably gifted in math in ways that nobody else in the class was. Well, why, why can't we recognize that? And it's now inequitable that he had that inherent natural talent and a mind that worked that way, and a lot of the rest of us didn't. The frameworkers also, uh, the framework's authors also fear that those designated gifted may have their fragile egos hurt if they later lose that designation. So it writes an obituary for gifted and talented programs, which would hobble the rise of many talented children in California. The framework rejects ability 
activity grouping, also called tracking. So in other words, you know, the honor system that you would have where you have the people who are really, really smart in, in math. Well, we don't want to put them all together because that would, again, give this idea that, that they that they're somehow superior to the kids that aren't able to do the level of the work that they are. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I, I'm sorry, but this, again, is stuff that, that makes my head explode. When you talk about math, math is is objective. There are right answers. There are wrong answers. We, in my opinion, need to celebrate the fact that you do have, every once in a while, special gifted, talented people that that come along. And we should recognize that and encourage that talent, just like when you have, I don't know, a musical prodigy, prodigy. when you have like seven year, some seven-year-old kid that comes along and can play the piano like a virtuoso where everybody else is trying to learn chopsticks. Why can't we, we, you mean to tell me we can't celebrate the fact that this child is gifted, that has that ability, because, well, then other people might be bummed out about it. And the idea that it's an example of white supremacy to suggest that math is objective, that there are are right and wrong answers. Where do people come up with these ideas? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. They're trying to cancel math class. I say no way. We discuss in a moment. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Yeah, again, if you want to see this story, you can, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Jeff Wagner 620. I've got a, I've got a link to it out of the Wall Street Journal today. But right, this is, this is the curriculum that they're trying to get through to be taught in all public schools in California where we don't track kids in math. By that, I mean you don't group the, 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 the kids that are really, really smart and talented and brilliant, the, the Dans of, of the world, my friend Dan. You don't, you don't put them in the advanced classes because, well, it, it might make other people feel bad and they might feel bad if somehow they, they, they can't keep up with the work. Well, all right, so what we're going to do is we're just going to dumb it down for them. And then the idea that you know we, we shouldn't be correcting people because it's examples of, of white supremacy if we say, no, you're, you're wrong. This is the answer, you know, 10 plus 10 does not equal 18. Well, uh, 10 plus 10, you know, equals 20. We, we know that. And, and I don't care, you know, who you are. Don't we need to teach people how to do fundamental math correctly? Jeff, what's next? History. So we will accept answers that are close to the actual dates. Think about the War of 1812. Do we say, well, it was the War of 1810 or it was the War of 1815? I'm with you as the mother of three teachers and a son-in-law who's a teacher. My head is about to explode. Jeff, I have a granddaughter that just turned two. She knows the alphabet. She can count up to 10, and she takes everything in like a sponge. So am I guilty of white supremacy because I praise her every time she comes to show me that she can count to 10 and every time she does her alphabet? Well, okay, the other question would be if if you correct her. Let's say... Let's say she's learning her multiplication tables and she, she gets an answer wrong. Well, you're under this theory, you are not supposed to say, hey, you, you, you got that you got that wrong, you know, five times nine, you know, you said it was this, and it's not, it's actually, you know, 45. You're, you're not allowed to say that because, well, that's the example of you're supposed to be more understanding. You're supposed to be tolerant. So she got the answer wrong. Who who, who cares? Well, you, you care. We should all care because, again, math is one of these things in the world that is, in fact, ob- objective. It It is a science. It, it's not an art 
there are right or wrong answers. Now, there's certain things where you can get into maybe applied mathematics where you can argue about which way is a better way to figure something out. But but basically, you know, math is is math. There are right answers. There are wrong answers. And and what's wrong with telling people when they get it wrong? Mike in West Bend. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Hi, Mike. Just call it, you know, not long when it just simple reading writing arithmetic mm-hmm. remember those days i do <laughs> anyways is this is this the ideals we're going to have for training our young people for the future workplace are you kidding me well well, well, I, I just, well, well uh, right. exactly you. no thank right, right exactly so let's so let's let's send people out and, and again this is this isn't sometimes we talk about the idea of just like the social promotion and the fact that um, you know we, we advance kids and kids graduate from high school without having the ability to do basic math or and I've told stories like that before you ever come upon sometimes it's like where where I play golf occasionally they'll have like a hot dog stand at the turn and you go and you buy a beer and you buy a hot dog and you buy a thing of potato chips and the hot dog will be two bucks and the beer will be you know, four bucks and the potato chips will be a dollar and the, the kid can't do the math in, in their head. You know, and it's just they, they can't go two plus four plus one equals whatever. They have to pull out the calculator and do that. Well, that that's that's at least they don't know how to do it. But this takes it a step further. This has a policy where we say, OK, once they, they come up with that number, if they get it wrong, we shouldn't correct them because, well, you know, you don't you, you don't want to correct them because what you might you're sending that that wrong message. If you're telling them there is an absolute. Well, you know, when it comes to math, four plus two plus one equals seven. That that is an absolute no matter how you look at it. So, Jeff, now that the 11-inch sub at Subway is actually a 12-inch sub, nobody was wrong. When you go to the grocery store and buy six rolls of toilet paper, that means it must actually be 17 rolls or something. I just, you know, just heavy sigh. Jeff, let's just get rid of something, anything that might offend somebody. Um, you know, statues, books, music, school names, etc. How far are we going to go? Yeah, that's the that's the thing. And again, just think of, Think of the exceptional kids that that are are out there, and I'm talking about the prodigies. Let, let's, I mean, music is the one, as I was saying earlier, that comes to mind. That the kid that you know at, at the age of of seven is able to sit down and he, he's able to play Beethoven. You know, the, the the kid that is is exceptional. So now we're supposed to say, well, we we can't treat this kid as exceptional. We can't put him in a class or her in a class with with other exceptional or advanced kids because other kids might feel feel bad because gee I'm, I'm not as I'm not as talented I don't have that ear I don't have that gift I'm not a prodigy so we can't recognize the talent of the kid who is and you like I say you see that in math you see that in all of these different fields that are out there is is this really don't we want to encourage exceptionalism isn't that what this country is about just being able to develop and say you know this is you have this, this incredible talent you know you can change the world you, know, you you can you know be the next great mathematician you can be the next great scientist you can be that next great chemist you can 
you're the one that's going to figure out how we cure cancer because you understand stuff at a level that is so beyond all the rest of us. So, you know, that that's what you're going to do. But if, if the people in California get their way, you're not going to have that because, well, we don't want to track the gifted people. We we don't want to refer to people as gifted because, well, it might hurt everybody else's ego. And, and, and we don't want to say to people, all right, you're getting certain things wrong because – well, they, they might just take that the wrong way, and it supports this theory that there is are certain rights and wrongs in, in society. Well, when it comes to math, there are right answers and there are wrong answers, and we don't do anybody any favors by pretending people who got the wrong answers got the right ones. Back with more in just a minute. And this is Jeff Wagner. Well, it's going to be an interesting 45 days. I've said this before. I think one of the best police chiefs the city of Milwaukee has had in the last 30 years has been Alfonso Morales. Um, the very, very dysfunctional Milwaukee Fire and Police Commission illegally fired him. At least that's been the determination so far. Illegally fired him and, and sent him packing. Fired him as the police chief tried to demote him. Uh, chief Morales did not go quietly into the good night. And I said this at the time, um, filed a lawsuit. And, and to me, the, the way if you look at, at how badly the city of Milwaukee and the Fire and Police Commission botched this, the only question was how big a check are the taxpayers going to have to write out, write to Chief Morales to make up for what they did? Well, the, the city of Milwaukee has taken the position that when you're wrong, be strong, and they're, they're, they're fighting to try to justify the termination. Well, all right, didn't, didn't go anywhere, and they have a Milwaukee County Circuit Court judge, Chris Foley, who ruled in favor of Morales. This was a while back. Said, hey, you know, Morales has been illegally fired, um, and he, he's entitled to have his job back. Now, I think you can make a strong argument that Chief Morales, I'm not sure he wants his job back, but if he's not going to get his job back, what's going to happen is the city of Milwaukee is going to have to to pay him a bunch of money for illegally um, demoting him. So the city of Milwaukee has taken an attitude, well, I, I don't think it is unfair to say, at least as an outsider, it appears the city of Milwaukee's attitude is, we are the city of Milwaukee and laws don't apply to us. And we don't care what people like Circuit Judge Chris Foley say. We're we just we're not we're not going to worry about this. And so what's happened is the Morales has been you know out, he's been demoted, hasn't been able to work out a settlement, and the city of Milwaukee pretty much has kind of taken the position that well you know no harm no foul here nothing to see. Well the big news today is Judge Foley, who I think was probably getting sick of the fact that he feels the city of Milwaukee is not paying attention to his order, which is always a bad thing to have a judge do <laughs> to get that feeling. He, he issued an order, said, OK, here's the deal. Within 45 days, either Morales is back as the police chief or you have reached a settlement where you've, you've the parties have agreed, you paid him off and he's gone on his way. But you got 45 days to do it. And if not, Morales is ordered reinstated the police chief. Now, of course, in the city of Milwaukee, you, you've got this major league mess here. You've got an acting police chief. You've got the dysfunction of the fire and police commission. You've had all these interviews that they had to decide who the next police chief was going to be, and they deadlocked, and now a lot of those candidates aren't interested in the job anymore. So it's a complete and total mess. And by the way, crime in Milwaukee continues unabated, completely and totally out of control. And now... 
the city has either 45 days to bring Morales back, which they do not want to do, or to reach a suitable settlement with him. I don't know how this is going to play out, but my guess is, once again, thanks to the dysfunction and the incompetence of City of Milwaukee government, in this case the Fire and Police Commission, the taxpayers are going to be writing Al Morales a really, really big check to, to go away. And it's unfortunate it's come to this. It's actually the Fire and Police Commission that should have gone away last summer instead of Chief Morales. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Are you ready to hit the road? By that I mean not just this country. But the world has pretty much been shut down over the course of the last year. Um, and a matter of fact, uh, still try getting into Canada. Good, good luck. I mean, the Canadian border pretty much closed. But many countries across the world depend on tourism. And many countries across the world particularly depend on American tourism. Americans coming to, to look at London. Americans coming to go to Paris. Americans taking various cruises and things of the like. And, and that entire industry, I mean, if you've ever been in Europe, you know that there's just this, this huge, and you go to a lot of these towns, and tourism, and depending on the different tourists that come through there to, to look and see things in Europe, that's the economic engine that drives a lot of these towns all throughout Europe. And they have essentially been closed down. Well, it's interesting because um, the European Union earlier today agreed that it would open its borders to vaccinated Americans and, and others. So this decision is going to throw open Europe's doors to tourist business and other travel um, for people who come from countries where you have, number one, where you have vaccinations that are approved by Europe. This doesn't apply to Russia. It doesn't apply to China, but it does apply to Americans. Secondly, in order to come in, you're going to have to have some form of vaccine passport. You're going to have to prove that you, in fact, been vaccinated and, and exactly how those details of that are going to work out. I I don't know. But for example, if you're scheduled to go on a, a tour sometime this summer um, of, of Europe, you're going to go to you know Italy or you're scheduled to go to France. If you're going to do that, it now appears that it's going to be open. Now, I can't tell you when because some of the countries still are processing this and they, they have various lockdowns. Like I believe France is still pretty much locked down for at least another week or so. But the, the plan is to gradually reopen. And the hope is by the middle of the summer that it, it's going to be pretty much business as usual, at least with the people who have been vaccinated. So. The European Union is reopening its borders to those with accepted vaccines. Okay, that that's the good news about this. But just because you build it doesn't mean people will come. Now, it, it, when we've talked about mask rules and vaccine rules, and I, I've shared some of the texts I've gotten, we've heard the callers, there, there is a certain percentage of people out there who just are afraid to go out in public. They're, they're not, and I don't mean that in a nasty way, but they're, they're not ready to assimilate back in, into society. They're, they're afraid of COVID. 
They're afraid that they might catch COVID. They're afraid that people that they don't know might get COVID. They're, they're terrified and they're not comfortable going, they're not comfortable going to plays. They're not comfortable going to ball games. They're not going to be comfortable going to fairs. They're not going to be comfortable going to concerts. And, and I don't know when that's going to change or, or if it's changing. I, like I say, I, I think there, there are some people who have been forever altered. Their DNA has kind of been changed because of this COVID thing. And, and they're never going to go out without one or two masks and goggles and things of the like. And, and that's, that's fine. These are individual choices that, that people make. Now, my sense is the vast majority of people are, are ready that are over it and they're they're willing to now take those risks go out in society and, and interact understanding that if you've been vaccinated there's a chance that you could still get sick it's not likely but there's still a chance that you could do it but of course there's a chance that you could wake up tomorrow and find that you have developed some uh condition that is going to um again it's, it's it'll kill you in three or four months and i told you the story at the beginning of the the hour i went to a funeral last night and this this wonderful wonderful woman um no symptoms at all and she gets diagnosed with a form of cancer um in february and here it is may she's she's dead it's just it, so you you just never know which is why i always say life is short but the bottom line is it's now starting to open up. And sometime this summer, if you can prove you've been vaccinated, you will have the ability, I believe, to travel to, to Europe, um, particularly, you know, not number one on business, but also as a vacation traveler. But just because you can doesn't mean that people will. Our number, 855-616-1620. It's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I want to take your temperature. If now there's some people, like I say, that would never, that have no interest in going overseas. So you're, if, the, if you're in that case, in that situation, you're not really who I'm, I'm talking to because you wouldn't go regardless. But if, if you have an interest in international travel, if you say, gee, I've really been waiting, I want to go to Ireland, or I, I've always wanted to go to London and I was planning to do this, or I want to go, I, I want to go on that Danube River cruise, or I want to go to Paris, or all those different things. Are you now comfortable traveling overseas 855-616-1620 that's the acunate mortgage talk and text line my answer is yeah i i'm i am now comfortable with it my biggest concern about traveling has been i don't i don't want to go halfway around the world with the idea that i there's all these different things i want to see and then find out that all these different things that i want to see are closed i mean i i I don't i don't want to go to rome if i can't get into the vatican you know that that's if that's one of the reasons you want to go to rome i want to see the Colosseum. i want to see the forum i want to see the vatican no no they're all closed well that's my bigger concern and it's been my bigger concern as opposed to just am i worried that i'm going to get sick so my two big concerns have been you know will the stuff be open number one and then Number two, want to make sure that you can get over there and not have to be quarantined for like two weeks. And then you want to be able to make sure that you can get home. But assuming that we have taken care of that, I have no problem with traveling. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Would you be comfortable going overseas or out of the country. I guess we could include places like Mexico in that as well. 855-616-1620. For me, yeah, as long as the stuff I want to see is open, and as long as the countries are saying they're going to let me in, as long as I've got proof of vaccination, I'm there. 855-616-1620. We discuss in a moment. How about you? You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. (laughs) 
855-616-1620. Jeff, I'm double vaccinated and I would travel anywhere now. My only concern is that many other countries are lagging way behind us in vaccination rates. So if they have a surge and start locking down, I don't want to be there and get stuck. Right. I think that's a Again, that that's that is a fair concern. For example, you know, I have a river cruise coming up in early September. And my understanding, it's it's it's. I think everybody's hoping that it's a go. I certainly want to go. It's a. I've never seen Normandy. I very much want to go there. But again, the the factor is for me, it's less. Am I worried that gee, I'm I'm going to get sick? No, I I think the. I mean, I believe the vaccinations work. I, I do. I guess my concern is. Again, first of all, is everything that I want to see going to be open? That's number one. And number two, the other concern is, all right, what if, if there is some sort of surge, I, I don't want to get stuck. I don't want to get stuck somewhere out of the country for, you know, a month or two months. But I think that they'll probably get past that. Jeff, I got my second dose last week. My wife and I plan to take some trips this year. There is no reason to not get on with um life jeff i traveled this summer but gas prices at a seven-year high will affect me um uh, uh green bay to milwaukee for a flight will cost a lot more than three to five years ago did well i mean there's there's high gas prices and things like that but i guess th- those are all the factors that are there fundamental question is i i'm ready to travel and i think you either believe that the vaccinations help you and provide protection or or you don't and i guess if you don't believe that they provide protection well all right then then you just don't believe it but if you do why wouldn't you travel and again there's a whole other issue about is it fair for example for these countries to say as a condition of being able to come in you have to prove that you're vaccinated but that's a story for another day i'm interested in talking about for those who are vaccinated and are interested in traveling overseas would you? Let's talk to uh, Nancy and uh, Franklin. Nancy, you're on WTMJ. Hello, how are you? I am well, thank you, Nancy. What do you think? We just got back from a week in Zihuantaneo, Mexico, which is south of Acapulco on the Pacific side, right. for our son's wedding, and everything was open. It was marvelous. Everything was perfect. The planes were full, but everyone is masked. They clean them very nicely. It was perfect, Jeff. I, I want to go back right away. It was ninety every day, <laughs> and before that, three weeks ago, we went to um, Boston and back for a full week. And again, the planes are full now, but everyone is masked. Everyone is safe. My husband and I are double vaccinated. We're done, you know. So, if you and had an, for example, Nancy, if you had an opportunity to go to Paris this, this summer. Um, you would at least because of COVID, you would not hesitate to, to go. That there might be other reasons you didn't go to Paris, but because of COVID, that wouldn't stop you. We would go in a flash. Yeah, I now think, and I think that's that that's, and I guess that if if you don't feel comfortable doing that, if you if you're listening to Nancy saying, "Oh, I don't feel comfortable doing this," I respect that. You know, nobody's going to hold a gun to your head and say, hey, you have to get on an airplane and, you know, fly to Budapest and, you know, get on a get on a river, uh, a cruise ship and, and cruise and, you know, and, and cruise that. Nobody's going to say that you have to do that. But for people who want to, I, I think 
that, that now this is the opportunity to do it. And I think there's a lot of pent up demand for travel that, that's out there because I think that there's a lot of people who really do want to, if you have the ability to do it, want to go out and want to see the world and, and that they're not going to let this stop them. Jeff, my husband and I are seasoned European travelers renting apartments for a month at a time. Our concerns are more about what's open in terms of museums, restaurants, public transportation, and basic needs for grocery, drugstore items, department stores, etc. Our hope is to stay in Italy for four to five weeks in the fall of 2022. We'll see. Yeah, and, and that's that's a fair concern. Like I say, I'm scheduled to go to uh, spend a week in we're going to go to France in in September. And the thing that I've been looking at is, okay, where where is it? France has had a series of lockdowns, and they've been relatively restrictive lockdowns that are supposed to end at the end of this month, I believe, last time I checked. Well, obviously, I don't I don't want to I don't want to fly to France if if I can't if you can't go see the Eiffel Tower. I don't want to fly to France if you you can't, you know, get access to the places I want to see in Versailles. I don't want to fly to France if the things I want to see in Normandy are closed. I, I, I don't want to go if that's the case. But assuming that that stuff is open and assuming that I could have the same experience, you know, in this in September of this year as I could have two years ago, I, I'm not hesitant to do it. And I think it's very good news that the European Union is now making this decision that they're going to they're going to open it up. Whether people take advantage of it, I don't know. But again, my sense is there's a lot of people out there who have just been waiting and waiting and waiting to get back to some sense of, of normalcy and are willing to take whatever quote unquote risk they think that they might be associated with this. And for people who aren't, that's fine too. And I, no, nobody's going to force you to do it, but I think there's going to be enough demand that I think that the travel industry is going to make a huge comeback um, in the next year or so. Back with more in just a minute. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Brew Crew, in the palm of your hand, if you live in Milwaukee, Waukesha, Washington, Ozaki, and Racine County, you can now listen to the Brewers on the WTMJ mobile app or at WTMJ.com. Bob Euchre and the Brewers, now easier for you to enjoy on your phone or computer. Download the WTMJ mobile app today. All right, one more COVID-related discussion, and then, then we move on. Um, as we all know, the CDC guidelines say that you don't have to wear a mask if you have been vaccinated. Well, the problem is, you know, people, you, you don't have a, when, when you get your vaccinations, they don't, uh, you know, tattoo a giant V on your forehead. There's no way of telling for sure whether somebody's been vaccinated or not. It is, in fact, you know, the honor system. So if you're an employer, for example, or you're a business that's open to the public, how do you handle this? What, what do you do with your employees? So let's let's forget the customers for a second, because in general, while businesses have the right to require people to prove that they've been vaccinated, I, I think most businesses with customers are going to operate on the honor system. It's a different story when it comes to employees. For example, I was in a um, I was in a restaurant the other day. I was actually talking to one of the managers. And I was curious as to how we, how are you going to do this? And, and they said, look, here is our policy with employees. If the employees come in and prove that they have been vaccinated, you know, bring in that vaccination card. If they prove to us that they have been vaccinated, then they can go about their jobs w- without wearing a mask. So servers, bartenders, 
cooks, whatever. If they show the vaccination card, prove that they've been vaccinated, boom, they don't have to wear a mask. If they um, either haven't been vaccinated or choose not to go in and prove that they've been vaccinated, the rule is they got to wear a mask. So that it's kind of like this sort of two-tiered system for employees. Prove you've been vaccinated and, and you're cool. But we, they are requiring the employees to, to prove that. They're not operating on an honor system. And I haven't been back to that particular restaurant since this rule went into effect. But my guess is, when I go back, the vast majority of people, of the servers, of the bartenders, of the, the, you know, the, the people, the kitchen help and stuff, my guess is the vast majority of them probably are going to have proven that they were vaccinated. If not... My guess is a lot of the others probably are using this as an incentive to get vaccinated because they would prefer not to wear their masks and stuff while they're going about doing their duty uh, and doing the, the duties of their job. But the employer in this case is saying, all right, as a condition of working here, if you don't want to wear a mask, that's fine, but you have to prove that you have been vaccinated. Otherwise, you got to wear the mask. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I have no problem with that. I mean, and again, it's an individual choice. If you have employees, because right now the CDC guide, guidance does in fact say that if you're not, if you're, if you've been vaccinated, except in certain situations, you don't have to wear the mask. And there is this honor system that's there. But candidly, if an employer decided, okay, here, here's the deal. You got to prove that you've been vaccinated before you get out of wearing the mask. I don't have a problem with that. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Do you think employers should do what the business I'm talking about's done? Prove to us that you've been vaccinated and, and then fine, you don't need to wear a mask. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Or is that an overreach on the part of the employers? We discuss in a moment. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. story I was telling is that uh, there's a business I know that they have said to their employees, if you can present proof that you have been vaccinated, you you don't have to wear a mask. If you um, haven't been vaccinated or alternatively, you, you choose not to tell us whether you've been vaccinated or not, that that's fine. You can still continue to work, but you have to continue to wear a mask. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, do you? 855-616-1620. Let's start with Dan in Lake Geneva. Hi, Dan. You're on WTMJ. Yeah, uh, I'm calling, uh, Jeff, regarding the mask. Sure. Masking and uh, I work for a company, Dairy Farmers of America, that owns a number of dairy plants across the United States and, and supplies the food chain to the grocery and food service industry. And for over a year, we've had a protocol of wearing masks, temperature taking, uh, all of these things, whether we're delivering products or we're in the plant manufacturing, to try to keep our plants open. And it's and I know plants in all other industries have been doing the same thing, mm-hmm. especially if it has food. Um, now with new protocols coming, we still have a mass mandate. We still have temperature checks. But now with vaccinations becoming prevalent, they are asking us to provide a vaccination card 
to our office if we so desire. They're not demanding it. Right. But if we do, it's good because we're in 17 or, you know, we're in 48 states or something like that. If we do that, we'll be able to open our offices back up instead of working remotely. Mm-hmm. And a number of things that will happen uh, as we move through this pandemic. And it's not over by far. Uh, I had a brother in Wisconsin here, just got off a ventilator for three weeks. Very good health. Was in the hospital for 60 days, over $2.5 billion worth of uh, hospital bills. Uh, so it, it is real. And, uh, you know, and, and I know that the vaccines, but we just had someone, I just read that someone in the Madison area died after being vaccinated with both vaccines. So... Yeah, well, I guess, Dan, I, I, my point is, and, and again, there, there are always going to be sort of these breakthrough situations, but I, I, I follow the science. The CDC says it's safe to go around unmasked if you've been vaccinated. So from the perspective of an employer, and I would say an employer in your case as well, it, it, it makes sense to me that this is the starting point. Now, some people are saying, Jeff, is this a violation of, of HIPAA? And the, the answer for, uh, I guess, like I always say, the law is an art, not a science, but most, most lawyers, most experts in this area say, no, it's not a violation of HIPAA. First of all, HIPAA only applies generally to to help the healthcare industry. Um, it, as far as disclosing medical records, it, it applies to um, your, like your doctor. It applies to the hospital that you might go to, um, your clinician, um, the healthcare sphere. It doesn't apply to the average person or to a business outside of healthcare. More importantly, the argument is in addition, regardless of whether HIPAA applies or not, the employer is not requiring you to have a vaccination as a condition of going to work. The employer is saying, here, you're, you're welcome to come to work. But you've got to wear a mask. If you want, if you want to not wear the mask, then you have to voluntarily disclose and prove that you've been vaccinated. So they're saying, hey, look, we're, we're, we are not forcing people as a condition of working to get vaccinated. We're saying if you want to work without a mask, well, then you have to get vaccinated. And that, I think, gets them around HIPAA as well. At least that's my, my take. And I think the majority of the majority of, of legal experts would say that. Um, Jeff, with the current worker shortage, I don't really see the appeal of an employer trying to annoy their employees with vax passports in order to breathe. Well, I don't know that it would be annoying the the employees. I think, candidly, the employees are probably comfortable with that. Jeff, I do have a problem with it by essentially um, – quitting people that don't want to by essentially outing people that don't want to provide personal medical information you are making them second-class citizens well i I don't know that you're making them second-class citizens if the rules say that you have to be vaccinated if if the local rules say you've got to be vaccinated before you can be out and about in an indoor area well, I, I don't know that that means that your employer has to operate on the honor system if, if they choose not to. Now, it might be that employers just make that decision. My guess is, in the place I'm talking about, I think they were trying to do a balancing act of this. They want understanding that there's going to be customers that are there, and the customers are going to want to know, hey, um, I, am, am, is it possible that one of these employees has been exposed or not? I think this is kind of, again, it's that middle ground. And I don't know that you make people second-class citizens. You just say, hey, you, you, 
you know, if you can't prove this, you can continue to wear a mask. And by the way, my guess is there's probably, like I've said before, certain segment of the population that's going to be wearing masks pretty much for ever. Um, Jeff, this is ridiculous. I am absolutely against this. Jeff, um, what's next? A yellow star of David pinned onto the coat? And I get whenever you make references to Nazi Germany, my, my advice is always be be really, really careful with with that, because typically speaking, when you make references to Nazi Germany and the Holocaust, then this is like Hitler almost always that that's those are really really bad analogies and i guess i don't see this i don't see having an employer say okay the guidelines are in order to be inside without a mask you uh, need to be vaccinated so if you're going to work for us and you're going to come to work we want to we want you to have to prove that you have in fact been vaccinated we want some verification i don't really see that as being like Nazi Germany. Um, Jeff, I think they should just let everyone not wear a mask. The people at risk are the people who are not vaccinated. If they're willing to go to work and take a chance on not wearing a mask and getting COVID, then let them take that risk. Well, look, that's a version of an argument that I have been making for quite a while now. That the problem, though, is when it comes to the employer, I mean, you you have an interest in making sure, for example, that your employees don't get sick on the job. And so, you know, not to mention maybe infecting some customer who's there. But let, let's say you're trying to prevent the spread of, of COVID on the, on the job. And if you've got five people who are working in a kitchen in close quarters and you want to make sure that one of them uh, doesn't come in without wearing a mask and uh, they have COVID and they infect the other four who don't have a mask. I see where an employer has a right in saying, look, you got to wear the mask or you got to demonstrate that you have been vaccinated. I think that that's a, um, I think that that's a, a real, real, a minimal sort of thing. If you're worried about it, you get vaccinated. Whether or not I get vaccinated is nobody else's business. That's all well and good get it. I understand it. But does an employer have a right to say, fine, you get vaccinated or not? Doesn't matter. You can come work for us. But if you're not vaccinated, you got to have a mask on. That's all that they're saying with regard to this. And I think that that's it. Jeff, I work retail. I've already been asked. I don't think it's a big deal. I have bigger things to worry about than um, than this. I'm 100% behind it. I think it's the f- most fair and it's the most safe version of this. Um, Jeff, I think this is a perfect compromise. Well, I think it's a reasonable compromise as well that uh, between the different employees. Jeff, an employer can ask people to get a drug test. I don't think this is any different. It's for the safety of everyone. Jeff, and if an employer doesn't mandate flu vaccine, shingles, or other optional vaccines, I don't think they should mandate or require masks. Again, they're not well, in this particular case, it's not the employers that's requiring the masks. The, you have mask rules that are in place. The exception to the mask rules is for people who have been vaccinated. So this is the way the employer has of enforcing that particular rule, which is saying, I'm going to assume that you haven't been vaccinated. So I'm going to assume that means that you wear the mask unless 
you show me the card. Show me the card. No more mask. I think a lot of employers are going to end up taking this particular position. Um, some perhaps are going to take the position, as they do with the customers, that it's the honor system. But don't be surprised if you go into a place and you see some employees wearing masks and some not wearing masks. Part of that's going to be personal choice, and part of that might be company policy. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. All right. As we are coming out of the pandemic, we were talking earlier about how European countries are starting to open up to international travel. We're seeing a a ton of domestic travel. If you've been following the stories about the airline industry, um, particularly to leisure destinations, business travel, I'm not sure business travel is going to come back anytime soon but leisure travel is just spiraling and what you're seeing is you have i just saw the other day that united is starting to add direct flights seasonally to to miami what what you're seeing is more and more leisure travel to these destinations you you try to fly to pretty much any location in florida and what you're going to find is a is a packed plane and you're going to find um crowded airports once you get there las vegas has just reopened so um my understanding is as of this week, you know, Las Vegas is open for business. Um, the hotels have dropped the capacity limits. Um, I, I don't know that you have the, the big touring shows that are back, but Las Vegas is coming back and you're already seeing like the crowds returning to that. So you got leisure travel that that's that's coming back in a big way. People who I think they, they've got all this pent up demand for it. One of the other things you're starting to see is now that people are getting out and about, now that the economy is coming back, now that people have more money in their pocket, now that people are getting um, jobs, pretty much anybody who wants a job can get one. You're seeing, again, lots of spending. And you're seeing this all across the board. But in particular, a lot of people spending money at big box retailers, maybe even more than they have before. Um, Walmart, late last week, reported that they had a comparable growth sales year to year for the same period of time, latest quarter, about 6% um, increase. Target just announced their numbers, and, and, and they were huge. Get this. Um, comparable sales at Target from stores and digital channels, you know, again, the, the online shopping, um, rose 23% in the quarter ended May 1st compared with the same period last year. I mean, 23%. People are, are flocking back to big box retailers, and in particular, Target appears to be one of the beneficiaries. You're seeing the same thing in other ones as well. Not quite as big. Macy's. Home Depot, a lot of the other places. But Target appears to be leading the way as people are choosing to to go out and and shop. And and a lot of people are shopping at Target. I've always loved Target. I don't know... um, Yes, I I don't have anything against some of the other, you know, big box retailers. At the same time, though, there's something about Target that I've always thought they, they get it right. I think part of it is the quality of the merchandise. Part of it is that as a general rule, and maybe there's some exceptions. I don't claim to have been in every Target store. Part of it is I, I think that the stores are incredibly clean. Um, they're 
they're they're well staffed in that if you're somewhere and you're looking for something, you, you don't have to go wandering all around the store to find somebody that's going to help kind of direct you to where you want to go. I, I think as far as big box retailers go, Target pretty much does it right. Our number, one segment. Only got a couple minutes before the top of the hour, but 855-616-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Like I say, I think that there's a lot of, you know, people are making the decision as to where they shop, and they're going out and they're voting with their wallets, they're voting with their pocketbooks as to where they go. But they tend to be going back to a lot of these big box retailers, but Target appears to be attracting a disproportionate share of of that, and especially if you look at the year-to-year numbers, you're, you're seeing incredible growth with Target. Target appears to have weathered the storm, and I I get it. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What is Target doing right that maybe some other businesses should learn from? For me, it's the quality of the inventory, and it's the fact that the stores are by and large clean. You're not climbing over junk to try to go through different lines. Okay, we'll discuss this in just a minute. If you're on the line, please hold on. And this is Jeff Wagner. Hey, look, as a student of pop culture, I, I'm always fascinated by what people are buying and where they're going to shop. And one of the, the big winners coming out of this pandemic is Target. The, the numbers, the year-to-year numbers are just absolutely through the roof. I, I think it's because Target's got a good business model. They, they've got, uh, I mean, a good internet sites, they're clean. I think that, um, in general, you can find stuff in them. Jeff, you said it perfectly. Target's clean. The workers are actually helpful. By comparison, you might save 30 cents on an item at Walmart, but good luck getting anybody to help you find it or the item being where it's supposed to be. Andrea in Burlington. Andrea, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi. Good afternoon. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Um, we have a Walmart right here in town, and I know lots of folks work there, and it keeps food on their tables. And I feel really bad saying this, but I hate shopping at Walmart. I even even before I moved here, it was just not the place I wanted to go. I can't even think of the last time I was in Walmart. Um, Lake Geneva has a Target, and sometimes it's a little picked over in the summer because we have a lot of right. Chicagoans coming up on the weekends. But I will definitely give. My local folks, you know, I'm going to give a shout out sure. to Gooseberry's Fresh Food Market for my groceries. Even Aldi, I know those folks there. Um, and then Target, if I can't find what I need, you know, Reinemann's True Value, all of those places. I understand that I have a little bit of privilege and that I can adjust my budget, right. take a little from one section to pay for more food or this or that. But Target is ecologically conscious. They're socially conscious, and I know some people are going to poo-poo that, but when you're a valued employee, mm-hmm. it makes for a great work environment, and then that translates into a great business model. Right. Thanks. See, and I, that's kind of the sense I get uh, of that. And, and by the way, I, I support local businesses as well. There's a um, We have a local hardware store right down the street from us, and I know that I pay more to go to the hardware store down the street than I would if I went the other way and ended up like at one of the giant big box retailers. But we always go to the hardware store down the street because, first of all, I like to support the local business. Secondly, I'm in a position where, well, I don't like to throw money away. I, I don't 
I, I, I can afford to pay a little bit more. But third, I, I love the local business and I love the service. You walk into the hardware store and there's somebody right there and they say, what do you need, Jeff? And then I try to just describe what I need and they take me right there. And a lot of times they will then explain to me how you put this thing in. So, I mean, I, I love that and I'm I'm willing to pay for the service. When you are shopping at the big box retailers, though, I, I think I just think Target has it, you know, hands down. Jeff, I hate Walmart, too. I was just taking something back and there was a line and one of the workers walked away. I think it's unbelievable. Karen says, I'm with you, though. I love Target as well. Um, and that's a lot of people are, again, voting with their wallets. That's the point of this story. Numbers at Target absolutely through the roof. Lots of stuff coming up in the next hour of the program. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So, Melissa, I just got busted by one of our longtime listeners who uh, actually has made a... See, this is what happens, who remembers, like, stories that you tell and then picks the right spot to, in a nice way, kind of, like, throw it back to you. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, are, are you what we were talking about, Target, and how the numbers of Target oh, yeah. are just going up big time? Are you, you, a, you a fan of Target? You I do there? love Target, yes, and I cannot wait for them to open up that new one on the North Shore. Uh, Bayshore. Oh, Bayshore, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right, Bayshore Town. Yep. Yeah, that, matter of fact, that's an interesting you bring that up because everybody was wondering, what's that's where the Boston... Boston store. I mean, yes. that's right. I grew up within a mile of, of what was Bayshore. Yeah. What, like a two two level? Two, right. That's Target. very cool. I was in a two. I was in a multi level Target store in San Diego, and it actually was kind of cool. That's where we. Um, that's my niece is graduating next week from San Diego State. But when she was a freshman, we went out there and we took her to Target to buy all the stuff for her dorm room and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah. But so not, I mean, Target. It used to be people would say, "Well, Target's going to be that's that's going to be the anchor store." But now you you want a Target that brings people in. But anyhow, I I was saying that I I, I like Target as the big box retailers go. I like Target; it's clean, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at the same time, I like to patronize local businesses. For example, there's an Ace Hardware store right down the street from me, and we we go there all the time. I know who the owner is, and you you pay a little bit more, but. It, it's just that the service you get is mm-hmm. is worth it. And I, I in the lead up to that, I said, well, I you know I, I don't like throwing money around. I don't like throwing money away. But and then I was explaining why I go to the local store because of the service and stuff. And one of our um, our listeners who's obviously heard me tell the story before said, well, Jeff. You say you don't like throwing money around, but that's coming from a person that used a $5 bill to pick up dog poop. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, that story, you'll never live that down, well, Jeff. Right, for people who are, and, and again, I, I appreciate, you know, people, this is what happens when you're on the air a lot and people remember some of these stories. But, yes, it, it, is, it, it is true. The, what, what happened, I lived in Whitefish Bay at the time, and I was taking my dog for a walk and we were we were walking we were several blocks away from house and the dog you know we're sasha we're, we're on a p-double-o-p-r-u-n poop run we're on a poop run and so she <laughs> she does her business that's right. a little dog so it's not like it's not like a horse or anything it's a little dog which is poop well i mean i feel very very strongly that as a responsible pet owner you have to clean up after your pets i just i just i hate I hate the idea. I, I would never be that guy that lets your dog do something like that and then walks away. I, that's just not me. As you're talking about this, I'm envisioning in your head with Sasha and the $5 bill right, yeah. <laughs> and you picking so, that up. So so anyhow, so for, for people who aren't familiar with the story, so Sasha does her business and, and we're several blocks away from, from the house. And this is in the, you know, in, in Whitefish Bay and stuff. And, and people 
I, I don't think this would be any different, but but people know who I am. So it's like it's not like oh, there's that awful guy that just didn't clean up after his dog. It'd be oh, that's Jeff Wagner who didn't clean up. You know. So <laughs> so anyhow, so she does her business, no problem. I reach into my left pocket where I always have. Let me see. Let me see. Let's check this out now. Yep, I, I always have there. I have. Oh, your little baggie. I've got two, not mm. just one, but I have. I have two poop bags. So I reach into my left pocket to pull out the poop bag, and I don't have any. Oh. I, I have. I've gone out of the house without them. I don't know how I did it, but I don't have them. So then I kind of, like, like reach, like pat my pockets down and stuff to try to find. Do I have a piece of paper? Do I have any? Nothing. So there, I'm sitting there. The dog has done her business on somebody's lawn, and I'm trying to figure out what to do. Well. I pull out my, I, the only paper I had was, I, I had some money in my wallet. I had 20s and a couple fives. So, uh, yes, 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 yes. I, 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 I took the $5 bill and used it to pick up the dog poop. Absolutely. And so you think I'm never going to live that down, I don't huh? think you are. People <laughs> will remember that till the day they die. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, but, uh, okay, in my defense, now, again, it, it's, it's, uh, it is funny because then people say, okay, this this, Jeff, is God's way of telling you that you have too much money. Well, and, and my only point is, it, it's, it was a one-off. I mean, it, it's not like I typically go around and use, yeah. like, dollar bills or $5 bills to pick up dog poop. It was just, I was trying to be a responsible dog owner. <laughs> and the thing is, when you, it's when you least expect it, when you think no one's watching... And you didn't do it? Oh then my God! Someone yeah. Would be like, hey, Jeff did this. Oh but, yeah, that, that yeah, would it's, that it's would like be all around. over. That's that guy. That's that guy <laughs> oh, on. Yeah. That's that 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 right wing guy on the radio and his dog crapped on Mrs. So and So's lawn. And yeah, and, and and you never. But but I. It wasn't just that. It was just that I just don't think you know responsible dog owners do that. And somebody said, well, you could have done it and gone back. We we were like ten or fifteen minutes away from my house. By the time I got back and got back, it, it you know who knows exactly mm-hmm. what have happened, but. Yes, listeners still remember that story, and and again, you know, throw that in my face. But it, but you know, what what are you supposed to do? I guess you would have done it again if it would happen. I would have done it again, mm-hmm. but again, I have learned literally that that five dollars was a life lesson to me because ever since that happened, I never go out of the house without. At least two of those little plastic bags. Oh, you I know, thought you were going to say uh, one dollar bills <laughs> instead of the five. <laughs> right, so, right. and, and of course, then the other operative question is correct, and I, I, I just it's speculate. What if what if I didn't have the five? What if I only had twenties? What would I have done? And I, I don't know. I, I to be honest. In that case, it, it might have stayed there for five bucks. And and and, and yes, to answer the other people's questions about what happened to that five bucks, that the five bucks went in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am at that point in life where you didn't clean it. Well, that's yeah. exactly right. I mean, I don't know if that's God's way of telling you have too much money or not, but in this particular case, after I used it to pick up the poop, boom, it was going in there. So. Thanks to people for remembering uh, that story as well. All right, when we come back, I want to completely and totally switch gears. It is a major international story. I have alluded to it twice in the last couple days, and I've got some heated response. I want to talk about what's going on in the Middle East. Who's right? Who's wrong? Stick around. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. do not often on this program talk about international issues but but this this is a big one it affects 
I, I think it directly affects the United States, and it certainly affects a, a lot of people in this listening area who have ties to Israel. Um, and, and that is what is going on now in, in the Middle East. The last couple of weeks have been extremely bloody. Let me let me give you a little bit of background on, on this. Um, Israel, of course, is surrounded by a, a number of countries. Many of these countries are do not accept the fact that Israel is a legitimate nation and want to see Israel destroyed. That that's that's part of the problem. Now. Um, just immediately to the south of Israel, there is a 25-mile stretch of land that's called the Gaza Strip. And that's the border. That's th- that's sort of like the dividing area between Israel and, and Egypt. The Gaza Strip is is controlled by a Palestinian militant group called Hamas. And Hamas... It's labeled, as most people in the world think of Hamas, as a terrorist organization. But that, that, is the, that is the controlling political body in the Gaza Strip. Hamas has no interest in working out a negotiated settlement or anything like that with Israel. They're, they are sworn to try to destroy Israel and then unite the land that's on the Gaza Strip and the land that is now Israel and the stuff that's on the west to the other side the, the West Bank and Jerusalem things like that. But but Hamas is like I say classified as a terrorist organization. Uh, there's about 2.5 million people that live on the Gaza Strip, primarily um, Arabs, Palestinians, and, and they live in incredibly incredibly uh, poor conditions. All right. So what what's happened is. Hamas, again, has these ongoing issues with Israel. The thing that started the the latest dispute is a couple weeks ago, there was some trouble between Israeli forces and some um, Palestinian holy places in Jerusalem, which is on the other side of of Israel. And it it started, again, there there were a number of, of protests among Palestinians who didn't think Israel was treating them fairly. Okay, Hamas... What Hamas did is they then started lobbing rockets into Israel. And and these aren't like targeted strikes. These are, we're going to send all these rockets up. Hamas in Gaza gets their rockets either, they're being supported by Iran, essentially. And the the stuff to make the rockets and the rockets themselves come in through this system of tunnels that, that are there. So Hamas in Gaza starts lobbing hundreds and hundreds, now thousands and thousands of, of rockets. They started sending rockets into Jerusalem. Now they're sending rockets everywhere in into Israel, and they're, they're killing a small number of Israelis. Israel has this thing they call the Iron Dome, which is essentially their missile defense system, and it, it's actually incredibly effective. They're able to shoot down the, uh, the vast majority of the rockets that get sent before they hit, but, but some end up getting through. So what... Um, Israel does is after Hamas starts sending these rockets, Israel decides to retaliate. Now, Israel has a, a major military force, and Israel significantly outguns Hamas. So Hamas shoots these rockets. Israel retaliates with airstrikes, and they're you know taking out the tunnels, and they're destroying buildings, and they're going after um, leaders of Hamas. But again, th- this Gaza Strip is only 25 miles long, and there's... Uh, 2.5 million people that live in it. So when you're, when you're attacking these 
places, you are inevitably going to have civilian casualties. That that's just the that's just the bottom line of this. And Hamas knows it. Hamas is famous for using human shields. That is like setting up missile launchers and stuff right by you know schools and things like that. That that they're famous for doing that. And so this crisis is escalated for two weeks because Hamas keeps lobbing in rockets and Israel has now said, okay, enough is enough. And they are trying to and are committed to trying to destroy Hamas's military capability because their concern is, hey, if we knock this off, if we stop it now, um, all we're going to do is have give Hamas three months or six months to rearm themselves, and then they're going to be doing the same thing again in a few months. So that's where it stands now. Historically, the United States has supported Israel, and a lot of the, the, the stuff that Israel is using, military weapons, came from the United States. There are some progressive Democrats in, in Congress who do not agree with supporting Israel. They believe that this is a human rights situation, and they believe that Israel doesn't have a right to defend itself, and what Israel is doing is not proportionate, and so as a result, they think that Israel, the United States, should stop supporting Israel. That That's kind of the background of this, and I, I understand, by the way, that the, the wars and the battles in the Middle East have been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years, but th- this is the current one that's going on now, and it appears that Israel doesn't want to stop right now with uh, its attacks until it believes that it is significantly hampered Hamas's ability to continue to wage war. All right. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I don't think Israel is perfect in a number of the things that, that it, it does and the way it treats some Palestinians. I don't think it's perfect. At the same time, Right. When you have what is essentially a terrorist group that starts lobbing missiles into your country and into your cities, I think it is naive to expect that country not to retaliate and not to and and even if that retaliation is not in proportion, you you send hundreds of missiles at some point in time. I understand Israel is saying, look, we're. You know, we're not the ones that started lobbing missiles and, and taking out civilians. And what we're committed to doing now is is we want to destroy Hamas's capabilities of doing of waging war. Now, are they ultimately going to be able to do that? I don't know. But don't they have a right to defend themselves? Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And I understand it's there's all sorts of complex issues, and I understand that this, this goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. But what's going on now seems to me to be relatively simple. You've got the terrorist, militant terrorist group Hamas that runs Gaza. They're sending hundreds, if not thousands, of missiles into Israel. And Israel is defending itself, and they're committed to trying to destroy Hamas's ability to keep Keep doing this. If we were having, you know, a, a country on our border that was sending missiles into some of our cities, we would we would be retaliating in kind, wouldn't we? We discuss in just a minute. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. So far, Joe Biden, who by the way, his entire career, he's been a staunch defender of Israel. So far, he, he's I think he's defended Israel's right to self-defense. He's getting a lot of pressure from the progressive left in the Democratic Party to criticize Israel. Hasn't done it yet. Will he do it in the future? Don't know. But I don't think he should. Uh, when we come back, we're going to see what uh, John and Melissa have on their minds on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Please stick around.